0: Well, here we are at the start of 2021. It is a brand new year, and we're going to do our absolute best as a church to really help you get this year off to a great start. Now, one of the things I tried to remind myself of during this whole pandemic was that the world has been through a lot tougher and more challenging times than this. And one of those times, one of those many times was the first century. And then within the first century, one of the groups that had the biggest challenge in front of them were these brand new Christians that had come to to have an experience with this resurrected Christ. And the headwinds that they faced were just crazy crazy. So, next week, what we want to do next week is to launch this brand new series called Beyond Good Intentions. It's going to start on January 10th. And in addition to being able to meet right here online, we're also going to be back to live services at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock at the Shoreview Community Center. So whether you're online or whether you're in person, starting next week, what we're going to do is we're going to look at those first century Christians. These people that faced what looked like impossible odds and what was it that, that they were able to do that was able to foster this faith that was able to overcome those odds. So I think it's gonna be really helpful, practical stuff as we head into to this brand new year. So that's next week. What we wanna do then this week, what we wanna do this week, what we wanna do actually today is to let you know about an unconventional building project that really began, if we're, if we're looking back, it really began in 2020, even though we didn't know that's what was happening, and it's gonna be continuing on here through 2021. We're gonna be looking at five today, five different new additions that we're really gonna be focusing on here in this year ahead. So I'm really excited for, for today and I'm excited for what comes after that. Well, as I was praying and preparing for this morning and I was thinking about this, these new additions that we're gonna be building here as a church, it, it led me back to the very, what I I would consider the very first sermon in ECC's history. It wasn't the first message that we gave on a Sunday morning. It, It predates that. Here's the backstory. Laura and I never set out to be church planters, never. In fact, when the covenant said, hey, would you consider church planting? We said, no way. But then they asked this, they said, okay, we at least consider coming to what we call our church planter assessment, where we assess whether or not that would be something that would be a great fit for you. And we said, okay, here's what we'll do, because we were new to the covenant. We said, we'll come to that event, but with the understanding that we're not church planters, that we're coming here so you can get to know us better and that we can get to know you better. They said, that sounds great. Let's do it. Well, this church planter's assessment was really intense. All of the supervisors from all of the conferences in the covenant were there, along with seasoned pastors and professional counselors and a host of other assessors. And they put us through a battery of personality tests and interviews and group projects and case studies and more. And one of the assignments that they gave me going in was they said, we'd like you to prepare a message. We'd like you to do that. And I could choose any topic, which probably was part of their, uh, their test. So I decided I'm just gonna go with this question that I've got, the question that was keeping me, a primary question that was keeping me from even considering church planting. And the question was this, why? Why would you plant a new church when there's already so many churches out there? Why would you do that? Well, as I prayed and I wrestled with this question, I felt led to a verse. You could make the case that this verse is the most significant verse in our church's history so far because it was one in a string of many events that eventually led us to planting Emmanuel Covenant. Here it is. Here's the verse that came to mind as I was thinking and praying about this this question, why would you plant a church when there's already so many churches? Here it is. Psalm 127, verse one. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. As I wrestled with that verse, the question to, or the answer, I should say, to my question became very clear. The only reason I could think of that you should plant a new church is if that church was God's idea. And those of you who've heard this story before, probably at our Explore membership course, you've heard many of these stories, story after story after story after story that confirms that this church really is God's idea. If you'd like to hear some of those stories for yourself, many of you have been asking, hey, when can we get an Explore membership course on the calendar? We'll do it by Zoom if we need to. We we hear you, we've got one on the calendar. Here it is, it's so new, we haven't even had a chance to post this yet. Um, Our next Explore membership event will be Monday, February 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. It will be um, via Zoom, Again, stay tuned for the details. Just save the dates right now. And that's a place you'll be able to come. You'll be able to hear these stories, how we see membership, where we're going, all this kind of stuff as the church. All right, well, if you're taking notes, let's get back to today here. If you're taking notes, I want to invite you to write this down. At Emmanuel, we're building on a firm foundation. We're building on a firm foundation. Why do I say that? Because I believe the only firm foundation we have is to be building on something that is God's idea, that it's His plan. And that's what we're trying to do. This church was not my idea. This church was not Laura's idea. This church is not something that the covenant looked at and said, oh, here's an area that we want to put someone in, and and here's a demographic we want to reach. It's not. This was God's idea, his idea. And it's something that he's building, that he's invited us to join him in, his work. Well, we're coming off a year that was filled with so many discoveries so many things that that God was able to reveal in the midst of this pandemic things that we probably either would never have done or certainly wouldn't be doing right now it actually was a huge growth accelerator so what we're going to do today is we're going to highlight five five new additions that really started in 2020 that we're going to be building on here that'll become significant focal points here for us in 2021. okay but before we do that because it's it's foundational to what we're about to talk about. Let's turn to First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. Uh, 1 3, 10 through 15. Uh, I want to let you know too, if you don't have a Bible, we would the great place, if you're looking for an online Bible, is to go to uversion.com. Uh, they, they've got a, a great a Bible app that you can access there. All right. Well, this was written, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. It was written by the greatest church planter of all time. Well, I shouldn't say second greatest, second to Jesus himself, the second greatest um, church planter of all time. He planted many churches. One of them was a church in a city called Corinth. And that Corinthian culture, it's really interesting. That Corinthian culture was an awful lot like our culture. It's one of the reasons why it's really interesting to study it. There were a lot of people who thought of Christianity in Corinth as something that was an add-on rather than something you build your entire life around. Does that sound familiar? There were people in Corinth who were very concerned about status and about what other people thought of them. Does that sound familiar? This was a highly sexualized culture and people would always push back anytime you would say, hey, I think we need to put some boundaries here in place. Does that sound familiar? And there were a whole lot, a whole lot of arguments and divisions. And many of these arguments and divisions came down, at least within the church, came down to different factions who were aligned with different celebrity preachers and teachers? Does that sound familiar? Here's a long, long, long list of things that made Corinth a very hard place to start and build a church. And it sounds really familiar, a lot of these challenges, to those of us, right, who've been trying to start and build a church. even one that the Lord is building. So let's see what we can learn. What can we learn about building a church from the second greatest church planner of all times? Here we go, Uh, all time. First Corinthians chapter three, we'll start with verses 10 through 11, where Paul writes this. According to the grace given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Let each one... Take care how he builds on it. Because no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. All right, let's talk about this a little bit. Paul uses a phrase that's translated here as master builder. In that time, in that place, a large building project would have a leadership team made up of highly skilled craftsmen and builders and architects. And then the the master builder was the one who was in charge of that team. So there'd be a lead team, the master who led everyone else, the master builder was in charge of that lead team overseeing the whole project. Well, the placement of this section that we just read in 1 Corinthians, in this letter, is very interesting because it comes right after a section where Paul has called out the Corinthians for being like little Christian babies. In fact, he used that, that metaphor. He says, It is like I have to give you baby milk instead of solid grown up food. You guys should be beyond this right now. Paul refers to the foundation that he laid, the foundation of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, This is the only foundation. If you want to build an authentic Christian church, this is the only foundation that you can build on. The day I was working on the final draft of this message, I came across a video while I was eating lunch. It was a podcast where a guy named Joe Rogan was discussing an influential celebrity pastor who had just been unfaithful to his wife. And as Joe shared his thoughts on this situation, I couldn't argue with anything that he was saying. He was correctly identifying behaviors. Again, this is Joe, not the pastor. Joe was correctly identifying behaviors that he saw in this guy that will destroy you if you stay on that path. Again, Joe Rogan, he's, he's talking about behaviors like straying too far from the example that Jesus set. Behaviors like saying one thing, but then modeling something else. Behaviors like conforming too closely to the culture around you rather than bringing transformation. These these behaviors like not putting guardrails in place to protect you from the intoxication, which is the imagery he used, the intoxication of the spotlight and wealth and fame and the celebrity culture. Now, Joe doesn't claim to be a shining example of Christ-likeness, but here's the thing, he doesn't claim that that's his goal. Well, not long before I saw that video that Joe put out, I saw another video that GQ had published about this celebrity pastor before his fall. And one of the things that really struck me as I was watching that video were how there were amazing words coming out of this man's mouth, amazing words. He was an outstanding teacher in so many ways. And and they showed shots of this church that he was leading and the worship seemed so heartfelt and so sincere. And as I was thinking about that and listening to his words, including words, they have these words that he would say about how we've got to put our wives and our family first. Man, it really struck me. If it can happen to him, It can happen to us. And if it can happen to the church that Paul himself planted, if that church could get off course, that can happen to us. Let's learn here. Let's listen to Paul's words. These are words to a culture like ours that struggled with these same things and still is today. Let's listen to these words. It is critically important, Paul says, to remain anchored to the foundation of Jesus Christ. That foundation needs to be foundation all to everything. We need to anchor to Jesus' life, to his teaching, to his example. That should be the foundation that we build our life on, that we build our church on. All right, back to the text, verses 12 through 13. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done all right do you see the corner that paul turns here paul is the one that laid this foundation but then he says if anyone if anyone if any other church leader if any person who's a part of that church family if anyone All of us have a part in this, all of us. And one day, the quality of our work is going to be disclosed. And are we building something that is beautiful in God's sight? Are we building something that is is aligned with His work, His blueprints? Or are we just constructing something that is superficial? Something that's going to be fleeting? All right, verses 14 through 15 says this, If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he or she will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. All right, many commentators, they don't know what to do with that last part that I just read. Because what they don't want to do is they don't want to imply that there's going to be some who are saved by grace, and some who are kinda saved by grace. As I was comparing what different scholars had to say, this is the take that I found the most helpful. The person said this, building one's own house rather than God's comes with a price. I think that's a really good summary. The more focused you are on a building project that isn't aligned with God's plans, the more likely you are to do that, The more likely you may find yourself saved in the end, but there's going to be a lot of regret, a lot of regret as you look back on wasted years or misdirected focus, all those things. All this to say, at Emmanuel, we want to build on the right foundation and we want to build really, really well we put a lot of intentionality into everything we do and some of the things that we're intentional about are things that aren't going to change things that are foundational things that keep us anchored to that foundation which is jesus christ but we have this tool called the leadership compass that we use every spring for orientation for our leaders and you'll see in there in that in this compass there are things that are, again, that are, that are things we do all the time to keep us anchored. And then there's a whole lot of things that have to change and have to adapt over time. But it's all under that umbrella of being very, very intentional about what we're building, building on that foundation and building well. All right, so these are principles that we're gonna apply as we take on projects, which I wanna talk about now. Let's talk about those five additions that we're gonna be really focusing on here and building upon in the year ahead. Number one is this, and there's a place to write this in your notes. We're going to increase our capacity to care. Now, we've been trying to do that from the beginning of our church, and it's really implied in the other four, but I want to single this out because I don't want this to get lost as we talk about the other four. Because if the other four aren't helping us increase our capacity to care, we shouldn't even do them. Why should we even be a church if we're not increasing our capacity to care for people? and bring help and healing and hope to this broken world around us. So this is fundamental. And while we've always done our best to try to care for one another, as Jesus modeled and taught, as we head into 2021 and beyond, we are gonna focus on increasing that capacity so we can care for each other even better. We brought on a care pastor, Pastor Mike, and we're gonna be hoping to add hours in his role. We've been taking steps forward with our prayer team Uh, this year. We're gonna be making the ask to you uh, to be stepping up. We're gonna need more people to help us lead small churches and help out with our kids team and help out with our youth team. And we're gonna continue to figure out how do we make our content itself more helpful for people as we care for them. So that's number one. Number two, we're gonna help our friends in Juarez rebuild. If you're just tuning in, if you're new, we have a long time partnership with some friends in Juarez, Mexico, and a devastating fire swept through their children's home, burned most of it, completely destroyed so much. And as I look back, we were only about two years old as a church. When we first heard a whisper, I heard a whisper that was so clear that that said, we're gonna be called to grow up fast. And I didn't know what that meant, but I shared it with you as a congregation. And it was shortly after that that one of our friends at a man in the children's home got kidnapped. It was shortly after that that we got a phone call that said, Hey, there's a young man, he's being targeted by the cartel. Can you take him in? And we had to grow up really, really fast. And, and, and fast forward several years later, <laughs> just about the perfect timing after a, a lawyer named Steve joined our, our church family, his precise skill set was needed to help out the children's home during a crisis time that they had where we needed legal help to navigate through that time. I'm telling you these things right now because it seems as though our future and their future, our past and their past seem to be intertwined. and. One of the things that happened here uh, just a couple months ago, just shortly before the fire, is I started to hear this phrase, I think we're supposed to be taking on an unconventional building project. It was a very specific phrase, an unconventional building project. So I shared that with the elders. And at the time, I thought, that's really about this studio space. It's really about making some upgrades with staff and these kind of things. And that's what we're building. It is that, but I believe it was also to prepare us For this fire that happened not long after that phrase started to come to me and started to share it. So so I think this is an initiative that God wants us to be helping them with, and that's going to be a big focal point in 2021. Here's number three. Number three, we are going to flip and equip this space to help us facilitate this new normal. When COVID caused church buildings to close, it exposed our over-reliance in America on traditional church buildings and traditional church services. Because what happened when they closed? It also reminded us, as we went into homes, that homes have limits too. There's all kinds of things we can't do in homes that we need to do. Facilities matter. And COVID was extremely helpful in getting churches to rethink and repurpose and reimagine how we facilitate ministry. Mega facilities with massive mortgages proved to be a liability. Agile, flexible, accessible, and affordable facilities will continue to serve as assets for years to come. So we found this great new space that we can use for all kinds of purposes now. We've got a lot to do to flip and equip it. And this morning, oh, I was gonna put this, do I have it? Oh no, oh, I do have it, good. Um, this morning, I, this, these thoughts came to me as I, I was renewing my notes, after I'd already printed them. It says this, I wrote this down. If we gave Jesus a tour when we're done, what feedback would he give for this space? That's how we want to build this, you guys, because we don't want to fall into the trap that's so easy to fall into our culture and build something, a, a kingdom to ourselves, a, a, you know, something that brings us glory or, or whatever. We really do want to stay on that foundation of Jesus Christ. So let's build a place where, where we, can, we can, when Jesus comes, he's just excited to see creativity unleashed and all those things. All right, number four, number four. We're going to increase our worship sites from one to three. Let me explain what that means. Weekly worship matters. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna increase the number of places where we worship, or we at least host worship services from one to three. And again, this builds on work that we already began in 2020. We love the Shoreview Community Center. We love it. And we hope to be there for years and years to come. So that site will continue. We're we're gonna continue to say, hey, the Shoreview Community Center is a great place for you to come and experience God with us. So that is worship site number one. Now we also have this studio space. And the other day I thought I heard another one of those whispers say, look up the word studio, so I did. Get this, a studio is a place where people gather and do beautiful and creative work. A studio is a place where artists and performers practice and get better. A studio is a place where videos are produced and music is recorded and content then is broadcast and sent out. How cool is that? What a great place to invite people to come and experience God with us. So in 2021, we hope to, not hope, (laughs) With God's help, by his grace, we're going to launch something that we might call Studio Church. Another place to worship together. Our third site, what's our third site? Our third site is right here. It's Online Church. Sam, I forgot that phrase. What was the phrase we were just talking about beforehand? We want to have this to be a real community, real community in a virtual space. How cool is that? That's what we're shooting for. We want to come together and we want to do more than push content. We want to come together for a real worship service together online. That's site number three. All right, here we go. Number five, number five. We're going to build new camp and seasonal service traditions. Going into 2020, we never would have expected that the entire camp would open up for us not just in one weekend, but in two. And not just in two weekends, but on the same weekends where we were already going up there with some of our teenagers. So we're so excited about this opportunity to build new camp traditions now with this whole camp that we have to work on. So we invite you to help us with that. And in 2020, we began offering services in garages and backyards and at a farm. And then at that beautiful pavilion that we had outside. Now, at the time, we were just doing it because we thought that's our only alternative, but boy, some of those things were so great. We think it's, they aren't ideas we should retire, but things we should build upon in this coming year. So, as we head into 2021, things like outdoor services, farm church, and possibly more of those neighborhood churches, garages and backyard church services are gonna be a part of our new normal. Well, we've got a lot of other great projects, building projects in store for 2021, but these are our five uh, that we are going to be focusing on. And we would love to get everyone involved. So please begin praying about this question. What is your part in this partnership? What's your part in this partnership? Now, as a staff, we're going to be trying to take this next week off, but coming back after that, start sending us your ideas. What's your part in this partnership? There's a place for just about everyone to pitch in, in person, online. People who love kids, people who love teens, people who would rather work with adults, people who love helping people feel welcome, people who enjoy being on either side of this camera, musicians, singers, sound techs, lighting techs, people like working with video and projection, people who like to clean and organize things, people who are good with construction and projects, people who love camp, people who love animals. Paul says this, just a few chapters after the section that we read earlier, he says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Strive to excel. What does he say? Come on, this is Paul. What does he say? Strive to excel in gifts that help us build up the church. We would love to match your gifts with an area where you can make a real difference. And here's the added bonus, here's the added bonus. As we work together, you get to meet these other amazing people who God has drawn to this unconventional building project. Awesome people. Well, if you're feeling the nudge to learn more, again, give us a week here, because this team's been working really, really hard. But give us about a week, and then we would invite you to fill out uh, a connection card at emmanuel.church slash next. Let us know what your part is in this partnership. All right, well, don't waste don't waste don't waste your one and only opportunity to build on a foundation that a little virus and his little virus buddies can't destroy that's the firm foundation of Jesus Christ we're going to close with a song where you can commit yourself right here right now you can commit yourself to building on that firm foundation and the words talk about this foundation of his love what greater way could he have demonstrated his love than when he laid down his life for us. That's what we commemorate each and, every week, each and every time we gather for Holy Communion, which is something we want to invite you to join us in today. When we gather for this holy moment, we remember these words from Jesus. Our Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's so much that the Bible doesn't say about this sacrament. It doesn't prescribe a specific age. It doesn't prescribe a specific method. It doesn't prescribe a specific type of bread or wine or juice. But here's something the Bible does say about this holy moment. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine themselves then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So that's what we're gonna do right now together. We don't want this to be a go through the motions thing. In fact, if that is for you, please don't participate in this. But if you can sincerely pray these prayers that we're about to pray, we would welcome you to join us today. At the Lord's table and a simple way you can do that is to take your bread take your grape juice or wine break off a piece and as you do remember with the bread this is the body of Christ given for you and as you dip that bread into the juice remember or the wine this is the blood of Christ shed for you again as you do this don't worry about getting the ritual right the most important thing is to keep it real so let's prepare ourselves for this moment now please join me heavenly father to whom all hearts and minds are open and all desires are known. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may more perfectly love you and more worthily magnify your holy name. We confess that we are sinners and cannot save ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We've not loved you with our whole hearts. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. We're not worthy for these gifts which we're about to receive, but say the word and we will be made clean. Father, I want to pray for my friends who are out here gathered around this this moment, gathered around um, your table, which is big enough to spread all around the world. Father, we pray that you'll now bring to mind the areas where we're not building. In fact, Lord, um, many of us right now, we're we're, we're building something that is directly opposed to what you would have us to build. Lord, we pray that we would abandon those fruitless (laughs) building projects. God, I pray you put a picture in people's heads right now of, of, of a building project that needs to be let go of. Let it just go. And Lord, help them to see this beautiful thing that you're building. And Lord, help us to commit to joining you in that work. Help us truly to build our life on a foundation that is solid, the foundation of your love. Thank you for demonstrating your love on that cross, stepping into history and doing that for us. And now, Father, we join our our voices in these words that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.